You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Morning, everyone. Our reading this morning comes from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, and it's chapter 2, commencing at verse 11. And the heading is One in Christ. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without, <coughs> excuse me, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God the Spirit. May God add understanding to that reading. Thank you, Judy. Ephesians, if you are new to the Bible, Ephesians is, if you ever ask the question, who am I in Christ? Who is the church? Ephesians does a really good job of answering the who am I questions. And so, yeah, great book to go through. Really appreciate the reading. We'll come to that in a moment. A little bit of just, an, I guess, an order of service today, what we're going to do today. Uh, Bible passage, tick, <laughs> done. Um, I'm going to talk about God never changes. We're going to share some memories. I'll explain that in a moment. Teaching, communion, leading, communion, and then a little bit about next week. That's what's going on today. Um, hopefully giving us some space for a bit of reflection over that and not my usual rushed <laughs> self. Um, who's heard the term, God never changes? It's a term that's good. It's a term that's true. His sovereignty, his goodness, his love, his grace. Who he is from when he revealed himself to Abraham and talked about his mercy and forgiveness to now is exactly the same. It's the one thing we can count on. You hear this phrase when you're going through, when a church goes through change, it's completely normal to say, hang on, but God never changes. It's a good thought. Problem is the line can be a little misleading because God never changes. 
but everything God comes in contact with does. The moment a person meets God, they can change or do change if they encounter him. Every culture that God came into changed. Every generation, it talks about God. It actually talks about generations that didn't change and didn't hear the word of God. It says, uh, in, uh, sorry, the verse has escaped me. In the Old Testament it says, and a generation passed without anyone knowing the goodness of God. When there's a new generation, things change. In fact, the only thing consistent, <laughs> almost you could say one of the things consistent that's in the Bible, it is a book about people changing not god but people the entire bible it's actually it's ridiculous if you google passages on change it pretty much just gives you the entire bible as that's what it talks about growing in god changing moving restoring usually people have a chance to grow or ignore that's usually the choice when they encounter Jesus. Every single time. Every generation in the Bible gets a chance to at least own their faith and reach that generation. Every disciple comes to multiple points. And you'll know this, as disciples of Christ, most of us today, if not all, know that God is constantly at work asking us to die to elements of ourselves and to grow. In John 15, it talks about the vine. And it's not afraid to use harsh words like pruning, but growing as well. It's a constant work that God is doing in us. I, like, I put this down. If you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, then one of the very things you can guarantee through your life is change. God doesn't change, but when he comes in contact, he changes everything in us. We're in a moment, if you're new, you may not know this, we're in a moment of change here at Burley Heads Church of Christ. Here's the reality, and I couldn't think of a more um, proper way to say this. I just put here in bold, change sucks. Let me say that again. Let me say that very insightful line. Change sucks. Change in the most part, is hard. One of the very things that draws me to the Bible is the Bible doesn't ignore the hard. The Bible tells you the whole picture. It tells you it's hard. But it tells you Christ is in it. One of the symbols that comes up, how's this for truth? One of the symbols that comes up constantly when the Bible talks about change the symbol for it is blood. Whenever blood is mentioned, change is happening. Doesn't, it, it totally admits the fact that change is like drawing blood. <laughs> or change costs something. It doesn't ignore it. It says it explicitly that whenever change is around, there's usually something to do with blood. We know the obvious one through Christ, which we'll talk about in a moment. There's a shedding of blood, not in a violent way, not in a war, but an acknowledgement that change equals sacrifice. Quite often, more often than not. 
the Bible acknowledges that while change can be good, change sucks. It can be hard. What that gives us the freedom this morning, church, and any time, it gives us freedom. It gives us freedom. I tell you why it gives us freedom. Because we can be really sad. We can be tired. We can be frustrated with change. And Jesus is okay with that. But it actually doesn't make change evil. In fact, spiritual maturity would say you hold both same time it is both hard but if God's in it then it's good and you're allowed to hold both you're allowed to be frustrated tired and sad and admit that God's still in it Bible is okay with that if you're feeling that this morning the Bible says that's okay actually that's how change works there's no villain there's no hidden direction Sometimes there's divine direction, sorry, but there's no hidden agenda. Sometimes change means pruning. Other times it means growth, straight out of John 15. This morning I want to acknowledge that hard this morning. We were going to have Lee Ellsmore preach. He preached at the 8.30. But I thought in this sermon, in this service, where it is currently, I thought it would be just no good having I guess run around. It'd be exciting, but it wouldn't acknowledge what we're going through as a church and the fact that Christ is in it. I want to acknowledge that we're saying goodbye to two things this morning. The 8.30 service, which isn't actually a big deal. It's been here less than two years. So that they'll, I know they're okay. And, we're, ch- and we're, we're saying goodbye to the 9.45 and not the time slot, as I've rang some of our past ministers and did some research, I would say it's not a time slot we're saying goodbye to, but a season, which on estimate is about the last 12 to 13 years we're saying goodbye to. A season in which God did mighty things, in which God was working, but there is no doubt that we're moving on to another season. Not spite of that, but with that. So I think about 12, 13 years, there's been a season here. And what I want to do, I want to acknowledge that and then acknowledge what could be happening next. Change is right through the Bible. Now, if you're sitting there going, that's a good opinion, Steve, (laughs) but is that God's word? This passage speaks straight to it. Let me read the start of this passage where Paul is addressing two groups. You have the Jews who have been God's people for thousands of years. They bring the law, they bring God's word, and they have certain ways and practices. Then you have these unclean Gentiles that are suddenly open to coming in through Christ. And there is division. And so Paul speaks to that. Let me just read a bit. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised. So this group has names for each other. Not just you're the Gentiles, they're the uncircumcised. They're the guys that don't get our law. They're the guys that aren't us. They think they can come in the last 70 years. We've had the word of God for 2,000 or more years. Who do they think 
they are. Paul goes on. So there's his names. There's uncircumcised. They're separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship. And then the other side has circumcised with Christ, citizens of his people. These names are articulated in the passage just read. The Jews have stories that have defined them. They have a name for themselves. It's not bad. They They have thousands of years of God's goodness. That's what I want to start off today with. In just a couple of moments, always risky passing the mic around, I want to spend the next five, six minutes, so it's not a chance to preach, share a fond memory of God's work in the last 12, 13 years that you've loved and is good and is from God. Um, Again, not a chance to preach, it's risky handing the mic around so I might feel they have a sermon. Come and talk to me if you have a sermon, we'll talk about up here. Right now, just in a few words, does anyone want to share a story from the last 12 years of God's goodness? I've put you on the spot, I know. Yes, Bev, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I think that as a church, we can all remember uh, the fun times that we've had as a church family with some of the dinners that we've put on. Can you remember the Titanic and the schoolyard and all of those sorts of silly funny things that brought the the church family together over dinner, over uh, fun. Everybody was using their talents and I believe that the Lord showed us a real strength and a real unity in this place through great times so just cast your minds back at some of those fun times we've had thanks bev for being for being brave so again we're not changing doesn't say that's bad that just acknowledges god was at work then as he is now and so yeah someone at some point said hey we're going to start dinners and that began a new thing and i guarantee there were people at that time going why why would we do that and now I have photo albums of people dressed up. I think I have Teresa in a wedding dress somewhere. It's not her wedding and there's some fun times there. Sorry, Olive. I had the pleasure of seeing my daughter-in-law come to the Lord and my husband. Yes. In this church over the last 10, 12 years. And we had a wonderful pastor in Neil. He did great work in this church and, and we're just, we're so blessed to have him. And of course we are blessed to have you too, yes. And, uh, and I say thank you. Thank you, praise the Lord for this church. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Coral. Uh, Graham and I have uh, only been coming to Burley Church of Christ for about 10 years. I just forget now. Uh, oh, let me see. I'll say I was disillusioned with my uh, former church. Something happened. And Graham said, now I said to him, well, let's find somewhere where it's cooking with gas. <laughs> and Graham said, well, let's go to where my mate John English plays the piano. So, 
For those of you who don't know, Graham and John were in national service together. English starts with E, Cogswell starts with C. They were a few bunks distant. <laughs> and Gra and uh, uh, John was the cook. And Graham said, I didn't know you played the piano, John. Well, he said you couldn't have come to church then. <laughs> so we've, we've uh, really enjoyed Church of Christ. That's not past tense. There's more to come. There's more to come and we're going to enjoy it. And thank God we came. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yet not past tense. This is not a past tense. This is acknowledging a season that is both hard, but the question I guess I want you to be asking, is God in it? And if he is, my goodness, we'll keep cooking with the same gas. Slow Just slow down. So yeah, I will. I'll do my best at least. Uh, one last story. Oh, two last stories, because you're tired. Yeah. Um, I'll go Nancy, and then I'll come over to you, Bronwyn. Uh, we just thank the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in our daily lives to help us to grow. And uh, been in this church since 1996. My little boys were five years old and six years old. They're still under our wings. But they still come. They've got different things today to do but uh, we do appreciate that uh, the love of this church it's my family when I lost my mum I said God uh, I lost my mum and he said turn around there was a lot of mothers here and I love them very much we are family and we will grow you know, they used to pray for our boys when they were overseas yeah in the army the, every day every Sunday for four years they prayed for Daniel yeah. And we thank you for these people like Adam. I don't know, he's not there anymore. But, uh, you know, the Stickleys and all that sort of thing. But, you know, every week he was in a danger zone. But if he didn't hear the voice of God to say duck, he would have been dead. Through a bullet going through his eye. So thank you for praying as a church. Well, we unify as a congregation in our society and we pray for you steve it's a big challenge we pray that the will of god would be done in this church not our will but his will be done and we we are here to uphold each other and we are unify and may god bless you all and may the holy spirit in this place will bring everybody to the knowledge of the truth of the word of god in the name of the lord jesus christ And then, oh, sorry, Ma oh, sorry. Oh, Bronwyn, and I'll come straight over to you. Yep, thank you. Uh, I just want to say, from the first Sunday I worked, walked into this church with Isabel here, this has become my family. It's my great family. I've made lots of new friends and learned a whole lot of stuff from people, you know, that I'm associating with. And I wanted to stay that way. I praise God for that. And the Holy Spirit in this place is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've got a story. Um, I've, um, you know, the first time I walked through these doors um, oh, quite a long time ago, um, the first thing I noticed was what the family, you felt like family. 
um, you know, because I had left a church where it was very big and you just got lost. Um, and that's what I liked about and and the the hymns, you know, the the you know, because being you know brought up as a young Christian girl, you know, the hymns were something that I knew well. And you know, I just have one little story. It's about my sister um, who came to visit, and I brought her to the church. And um, you know, we had the visitors. You write your name in the visitors book. And um, Jeannie rang me not long after she got back to Tasmania to say that she'd got a lovely card to say, you know, welcome and, and they really, you know, loved having her out there and, you know, and my sister was really um, quite taken back, you know, by that and, and was, you know, and she even wrote a thank you letter back to the church. So I think that was, you know, something that, um, you know, we all, you know, want to not only, um, you know, have worship service and that, but make people feel at home and that's what this church does. Um, I'll go to Margaret. We are going to, let's see how the timing goes. Sorry, Michael. It's not, I just, I did only plan for two more. And if I'm not careful, we'll be singing the benediction about midday. So, um, uh, yeah, sorry, not, nothing against you, Michael. Sorry, mate. Um, uh, I will just say the, you know, a few of you just asked me as walking past, oh, why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we celebrating this? Um, it's not finished. The church isn't finished. Of course not. But if you don't acknowledge seasons, then we can't actually let God do anything in it. If we just rush past it, sometimes we don't give God the chance to do his work. And I think he has some work in allowing us to celebrate this, but to also celebrate next. Um, often in the Bible, they'd, they'd stop and go, this is sacred ground. I love how God tells Moses, take off your shoes. Stop. This is sacred ground. I love how every second person builds an altar. It's not because God loves rocks. It's because they need to acknowledge what God has done and he has done something amazing in the last season, the season before and for the last 2,000 years and for the next eternity. So that's why we're just doing this today. It's not to finish off but to acknowledge. And so sorry, Margaret. I would just like to thank the Lord for bringing John and I here late 1990s and the Lord has allowed John and I to use our ministries now, you can become totally lost in a church and it's really sad because the Lord gives all of us gifts and this church has allowed us to use our gifts, which to me has been wonderful. One of the things that John said to me years and years ago was, I would love to be able to do something for the people on the coast that are doing it so tough. So... At that time, John was an elder and he met with the elders and the um, pastor and the board and said that he would like to start something where we were able to do parcels of food and give them away. And um, instead of just doing that, first of all, we started having a dinner. And that was just a wonderful time of fellowship it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. And because of that, Michael came to the church. So <laughs> that to me was just beautiful. And so I would just like to... And Bonnie came back. <laughs> but the thing is that I just wanted to acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know what? Look, I, I can... I, it'll bother me if I don't let someone speak. It is a chance to share. So go for it, Michael. But it, better, it better not be the bread. Can't be the bread announcement. Okay, that's right. 
Well, all what I wanted to say, Steve, when I first come here, I felt like it was already my family. The first day I come here, that was when Neil was here at that time. And uh, just really enjoyed it here. Thank you for sharing. I know as you tell stories, oh, I have one, I have one, I have one. So we do have to cut it off at some point. But um, from an outsider, and I, I acknowledge I'm an outsider the last two years, it, yesterday, well, today is actually two years since I've been here. Um, I got the keys. Yeah, yeah, you can applaud that if that's something you want to applaud. Um, but for the last, yeah, two years, so... Noah's birthday, I was born the week I got the keys. So I got two massive responsibilities that week and um, a baby boy and a church. So, um, from the outside, though, I've seen a service and, a, and I guess an era or season, which we go through seasons. Um, do you know how I know we go through seasons? We're not sitting in a synagogue in the Middle East singing 2,000 year old Hebrew chants and gathering around unleavened bread and wine. That's how I know that seasons come and seasons change and we reach generations and things change. That's, how, that's a little hint of how things move, but we should celebrate. And so what I've seen in the last season is I've seen um, people that, some were tired and restless. I've seen a great place of comfort. I think Neil's gifting lent into that as a, a real comforter, a person that adored this church. And I see a, a church that people felt safe. I see a lot of people that had unsafe lives and felt when they came here, they felt safe. Um, I, I said this before, but I saw a really, really encouraging empowerment of women actually in this church. Uh, a lot of widows, a lot of widow ministry, but also married women as well. But just, it's really cool. And actually it has deep roots within churches of Christ. Um, that, that empowerment of women and running ministries and a lot of care-based ministries. So, amen. Yeah, amen. It's great. So, and look, um, I can see that <laughs> I'm not saying all of that is gone, but change will certainly grieve different things in, in some capacity. Those memories are real. The good in that season. I hear this, church. This is what's important. This is what Paul is telling us. The good in that season is from God. The blessing of Neil and the last decade and such, its leaders, is exactly that, a blessing. Change doesn't dismiss that, but it acknowledges that God can do that again and again and again and again. It's not the program, it's God in the program it's not the church service it's god in the church service and he's still turning up i believe and he's still here so you have these two groups the jews and the gentiles and listen to this passage i'm going to read the whole thing because judy has already done that his purpose this is talking about christ body christ on the cross his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. <laughs> How's that for relevance? Thus making peace. And in one body, Christ reconciled both of them to God through the cross by which he put death, their hostility, 
He came and preached peace to those who are far away. Again, the heart for the lost and peace to that those were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. We all have access. No one owns anything. We all are the body of Christ. We all were sinners. It's by God's grace. And so, quick Miss, uh, quick articulation and then we're going to look at having communion. I just want to show a picture. This is as plain as I can explain what's going on in case you've heard billions of the things that I've heard this week. I just want to give you a quick illustration. We have two services, 9.45, the 8.30. Different eras, different seasons, catering for different things. Uh, the 9.45 was designed at some point for those to reach those. That's, it wasn't accidental. If it had leaders, it was designed to best suit. The 8.30. And then what we're doing, as of next week, something new, a new humanity. You cannot go either either. You create something new. Now, you'll notice it's leaning towards the 8.30. And if you weren't here last week, have a listen to the sermon the reason it's leaning to the 8.30 is because the Bible, wants, the Bible tells us time and time again, reach the next generation. It's that plain. Reach the lost, reach the next generation. See them come to Christ. Time and time again. And so I won't go to the last week's sermon because that's not what today's about. Notice it crosses over from the 9.45 because nobody said we're forgetting and getting rid of anything in fact one of the most frustrating things for people is that we haven't articulated what it's like and do you know why because that's God's decision all we know is we want to lean it towards the lost all we know is we want the next generation to own their faith and we know that we have about 2,000 years of style and and music and things we could do that from the invention of the church and somehow we've got to find a way <laughs> to to do that in some capacity Sunday morning. Seriously, it's that simple. And it's that exciting. And it's exactly Christ's heart. And it's exactly what Paul is talking about here. Coming together, not under what we like, but under Christ. And we can cook, continue to cook with gas. But it can be hard. Absolutely hard. And we may have to lose some things that we loved, but we'll never lose what God is doing and who he is. Will we change into something that is neither 8.30 or 9.45? Yes. Something new. Let's, um, just looking through my notes and looking at the time. Can I encourage us in this time to acknowledge the hurt of change, acknowledge, celebrate the times. But then we're going to take a moment now. And I know I'm conscious of the time, but I want to take a real moment in communion now and acknowledge that none of that is the reason we're here. Our hope is found in Christ alone. His grace is given, and so we will give grace as well. It rests in him. It can still be hard, but it rests 
in him. And so that's what we do communion every weekend. I love it because it's a moment to go. The world has just been chaotic and we've seen the news. We've seen what's happening with the Catholic Church. It's, that is going to have massive ramifications for us. We think we're not Catholic. It won't affect us. Do you think someone on the street understands that? No. This is huge for church. It's, it's hard days are ahead. We need to know more and more that we rest in the hope of Christ. It's what binds us together. So right now we're gonna, I'm going to ask our volunteers to come forward. We're going to hand out the communion. We're going to remember the bread that was given. The ultimate sacrifice to see more people come home. To see you come home. Similar to what we'll be doing in a micro way next week. To see others come home, there may be sacrifices. The ultimate one was Jesus. With the bread, we represent his body and the juice representing blood. What I'm going to do, we will drink the juice together. But I'm going to sit down there and I'm going to sit there for a little while, actually an uncomfortable amount of time. And let us just sit and think about Christ's sacrifice, Christ's grace, and how leaning into the future we can show that same sacrifice and that same grace to see the lost come home. And for in 10 years, 15 years, a group sit here and tell stories of what was and what has been. As Josh, <laughs> Josh leads them into the next. I don't know. Can't predict that. I'm just making that up. Amen? Yeah. Let's spend some real time doing some uh, business or talking with God about what this all means. Thank you so much for those handing those out. Let me pray as you start to unwrap and hand those out. Father God, we acknowledge the hurt, the change that comes with change. We acknowledge the amazing time of probably the last 15 years in this season. We acknowledge that things are changing. But we acknowledge you're in it. We acknowledge you're at work. And we just pray for a time of, I guess, grieving in some way. For a time of letting go, for a time of celebration and a time of reflection on the ultimate sacrifice that while none of us, or all of us, sorry, were sinners, Father. Why all of us undeserving. Why all of us not allowed in the family. Why all of us disobeyed, rejected you. You died for us and made a way for us back in reconciled us back to the Father. We remember that now. We let your spirit minister to us now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.